Well, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be together again. So glad that you could join us. I just want to wish you all a really happy Christmas. Now, today's talk is going to look at a very Christmassy story. So snuggle down, get ready, and here we go. So it starts when the sun was high in the sky and it was a hot day. And there was a young man who's been on a long journey and his name is Jacob and he's been running away from home. And he arrives in this strange place with the Eastern peoples and he sees a number of shepherds with their flocks and there is a well with a big stone on it. And he looks around and he asks them, can't anyone water their sheep? And they all say to him, well, no, we can't until everybody's here. And when everyone's here, we roll the stone away and then we water the flocks. And in the sunny haze of a dusty lunchtime, into this moment walks Rachel. Now Rachel walks through the haze and Jacob just loses his heart. Who is this girl? And she is a shepherdess and Jacob immediately leaps into action. The last flocks are here, it's okay, I can act. And he pushes away the heavy stone and he waters all of Rachel's flock. And that day he fell in love. He discovers that he's part of the same clan. And the Bible tells us that Rachel was beautiful and shapely. Now he gets taken home to meet the father who's Uncle Laban. And after a while he says to Uncle Laban, I want to marry Rachel. And he says, uh, well, that's fine, but you need to serve me seven years. And he did. And the Bible tells us that those seven years seemed like only a few days because of his love for her. And then they marry and the years tick by and Rachel becomes desperate for a child. There are years of heartache now ticking by while she is waiting and praying that she will be able to have a child. Now after many years go by, she gives birth to Joseph. Now this is Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcoat fame. And this little boy um, has a destiny upon him. And then we find she, Rachel gets pregnant again with Benjamin. Now do you remember he's part of the story? If you ever saw the Technicolor Dreamcoat, the Benjamin with the carpet in the sack and all the drama. And Genesis 30 says this in verse 22, God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she said, God has given me joy and taken my disgrace. She named him Joseph. And she said, Lord, Lord, add to me another son. And that was Benjamin. Now much later in the story, God tells Jacob to gather up his possessions and his flocks and his herds and his family and to return home to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Now some reconciliation needed along the way, not only with Esau, his brother, oh, that's a long story, but also with Uncle Laban. And so there's this large family group on camels and donkeys and with flocks making their way. And Rachel now is heavily pregnant with Benjamin. And they travel south down from Bethel towards Bethlehem. And Genesis 31 tells us this, Jacob put his children and his wives on camels and he drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with all the goods he had accumulated in Padanaram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. So far, so good. Now on the road to Bethlehem, here is this young mother, mother Rachel, heavily pregnant, and they've not yet reached their destination. And sadly, she goes into labor by the roadside and there are difficulties with the birth. And during these difficulties, the, the midwife says to her, don't worry, don't worry, Rachel, it is another boy. It's the boy that you prayed for. And sadly, as she gives birth to baby Benjamin, Rachel passes away and she dies by the side of the road. 
And Jacob, heartbroken, uh, later in Genesis 48, he records how he buried her heartbroken with sorrow by the side of the road on the road to Bethlehem. Genesis 35, while it was still some distance from Bethlehem, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And Rachel died and was buried on the way to Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar. And to that day, the pillar marks Rachel's tomb. In fact, you can go to Israel, if you could fly, and visit it today. Now that's Rachel's story. But we know that many, many years later, another young woman travels the road to Bethlehem. And it's this time of year where we celebrate and think about Mary, just a young girl, also nine months pregnant, traveling that road. Now Mary has to travel because she has to return with Joseph because of the Roman census. In Luke 2 it tells us in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now this is not at all ideal. Here is Mary facing a dangerous and precarious journey, heavenly pregnant on the road south from Nazareth to Bethlehem, carrying the unborn baby Jesus. Now to go back to Rachel, if you remember Rachel's Jacob, the Lord renamed him Israel and his 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. And Rachel was known as the mother of Israel. Now Jacob, when you follow all his lineage down, eventually you get in 1 Samuel 17 to Jesse. And Jesse lived in Bethlehem with his sons and David was born there, Jesse's son. David becomes king and it goes all the way down to Joseph who's betrothed to Mary. And this is why there's the famous line of David in everything we sing about at Christmas, because it comes all the way down to Joseph and Mary and to Jesus. And this is why Joseph and Mary had to travel to Bethlehem. In Luke 2 it says, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, Ju to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now these two women of destiny, Mary and Rachel, they are carrying the future, literally. Now if we think about Rachel, Rachel the shepherdess, I mean she gave birth to Joseph who went on to be an incredible ruler, an important man in Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. And he became a deliverer, like on a huge scale, because there was a seven year famine and it was through his wisdom and his rulership that he not only saved Egypt but many surrounding areas too from dying in the famine. And he was an incredible leader. And Rachel is this woman of determination in the face of family struggles and jealousy and strife. At that moment where romance was punctured by reality when she waited year after year to conceive a child and she calls out to God and he answers her prayer and she becomes mother of a nation, a mother of a man who changed destiny for the people around him. And then also we think of Mary I mean, there is a woman of destiny, so brave and fearless, just a young woman betrothed to Joseph. Now, when the angel visits her, she's just a young girl. And the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. There's David again. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom 
will never end. So here is the promise of another ruler, another deliverer who's going to save the people from dying. But this time when Jesus would come, it wouldn't be saving people from famine, but from something deeper, something thirst quenching, a deeper meaning, the very meaning to life itself, beyond food, something eternal. And there was this promise that his kingdom will never end. Now Mary was so courageous. Her response to angel Gabriel is, let's do this. Now there are many, many practical and cultural challenges for Mary. And we know, you know, if you're familiar with the Christmas story, the challenges that that young woman faced, but she said, let's do it just as you say to me. And so Mary, nine months after Gabriel's visit, finds herself on the very road to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant, years after Rachel had made a similar journey with the same destination. So precarious, so fragile. And in this Christmas story, as well as Mary's danger, the danger to Mary, because we saw what happened to Rachel, I, I am astonished to think of Jesus, how Jesus put himself, humbled himself, putting aside his majesty, that he is God himself. And he put aside all his rights as majesty, as, as the king, as the Lord, as God himself. And he came as a baby. He clothed himself with humanity, fully God, fully man. But he entrusted himself as a tiny little fetus, as a tiny baby inside Mary. He trusted himself to this young couple, making this dangerous and precarious journey that, that took them many days to get to Bethlehem. It's amazing how God came to us, clothed as mankind so that he could reach us. It's like nothing would hold him back, nothing would stop him to come to reach us, to be clothed in humanity, to speak our language and to speak to us, to show us what God is like, to show his love. Now Mary's journey, thankfully, doesn't end at the roadside like Rachel, but she makes it all the way into Bethlehem. But this is when the challenge starts. She goes into labour too and there is no room at the inn and she ends up giving birth in a stable. Now that wouldn't be my idea of driving to hospital and finding I'm put in the stable next door. Luke 2 says while they were there the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Now this is just astonishing how Jesus came to us and humbled himself small as a baby. It's amazing how Mary was willing to do this. And soon Jesus' birth is announced to the shepherds. So the angel comes and gives a message to the shepherds and it's followed by a chorus of angels, just like Chloe and Russo illustrated to us earlier. Great shepherds, guys, and now I know where my tea towels have gone. And soon young Mary, after this message has come to the shepherds, the shepherds rush down into Bethlehem to try and find the baby. And I could just imagine Mary, this newborn baby. Of course, the first thing you want when you've just given birth is a load of shepherds in there, Instagramming the moment. And they all come in. I imagine there's some sheep there as well. And it kind of reminds me of the young woman, Rachel, the young shepherdess surrounded by sheep and shepherds. In the same way, here is Mary, the very birth of Jesus surrounded by sheep and shepherds. Now there is a beautiful song called Reckless Love and the lyrics in this talk about God running after me. There's no wall he won't tear down. Let me read you some of the lyrics. This, is, this talks about 
This puts God like like a Bear Grylls moment, like swimming through shark-infested waters, climbing mountains. Here we go. There's no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. This is talking about what Jesus did in coming to the world for us. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. And Jesus, this song is based on a story that Jesus told the crowds. And when he grew up to be a man and people followed him, he talked to the crowds one day and he gave a story of a shepherd who left the 99 to search for the one, the one lost sheep, the one that had wandered away. And who is that one? That one is you and me. That is us when we, we, are, we are lost, we are looking for something. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and he will stop at nothing to find you. And he has done that with us. I, I remember the time that he found me and I'm so grateful for that journey and finding life with Jesus and what he has done in my heart and my life. And if you haven't been found yet, I encourage you, let the good shepherd find you because nothing will hold him back from reaching you. It's been a tough year, hasn't it? And maybe you've had a Rachel kind of Bethlehem journey it has been tough and maybe it has also been tragic. Maybe everything has gone wrong. Maybe you're gripped by grief like Jacob and, and are going through loss right now. And you know, if you are mourning a loved one this Christmas after the year that we've had, I want to tell you that God knows and God loves you and he has a plan for you and he wants to comfort you. And he is the good shepherd who reaches out and nothing will hold him back from reaching you. And sometimes when we go through that journey of loss, as many of us have, there doesn't seem to be any answer, but the answer is Jesus. He will come to you. He shines light in the darkness. And maybe you've had a year a little bit like Mary. So it's been challenging, but you've been up for the challenge, you've embraced it, and now you've got to the end of the year. It's like getting to Bethlehem, and there's no room in the inn. And now you give birth, and it's surrounded by shepherds, and, and it's like, you know, plan B. And yes, we are in plan B again. Yay, lockdown starts soon. Ha, <laughs> here we go again. Now, in all our life adventures, God is with us, and Mary knew that she wasn't alone. All her life's journey with her son Jesus, as he grew, sometimes she was in confusion um, and then understanding, but she was always in faith. And the Bible says she treasured these things in her heart. She followed him, she raised him as a son, and then she followed him as a believer. And although Mary didn't always know what was going on, she held on to God and held on to faith. I can't imagine as a mother what it was like when she saw Jesus, her son, go to the cross. That heartbreaking anguish when Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice to go all the way to the cross. So he made this sacrifice to come as a baby and put his rights aside. And then he made that ultimate sacrifice for us. That when he went to the cross, he died that we can be reconciled. Jacob had some reconciling to do, but this is beyond family reconciliation. This is bringing us close to God. The things that we have done wrong in our life, the things that keep us separate from God, Jesus died to wipe those away. He wanted to take away every barrier. Nothing would stand in his way to do it. 
and he made himself vulnerable and there he was as the good shepherd and he died on the cross for us for the things we've done wrong he died for our healing and he died that we may be reconciled with god that we could walk with him now in this life and also that we would be secure of knowing our future now something that has worried many people this year with covid and all the other things that are going on is what happens when i die and God doesn't want us to be in the dark about that. The Bible is so clear when we look at what God says and he wants us to know that when we turn to Jesus, the sacrifice that Jesus made pays the price for us that we can have life with Jesus now and in eternity too. And I want to encourage you is just simply a prayer away to know that peace and to know his kindness and love in our lives that starts everything afresh. And so the good shepherd who gave up his life for us, it says in John 15, 13, John described it like this, greater love has no one than this, that a man who lays down his life for his friends. And that is what Jesus did. He laid down his life for us because he wants to be our friend. Now there's a song we sometimes um, sing in church that talks about Jesus as our friend. And for some time I, I was just so blown away. I couldn't sing that line, the thought that Jesus would want to be my friend. And he wants to be your friend, our Lord, our shepherd and our friend. And maybe through the troubles of this year, maybe you've known the Lord for a long time, but the troubles of this year have made you feel distant and far away and you don't know your way back. But it's like starting that road again to Bethlehem, starting it. There's the star ahead, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And if you feel far away, God is not far away from you. And he is just waiting for you to say, yes, Lord, I am here. Help me, help me, come to me. And he rushes in with his love and his kindness and his forgiveness. And so our story started and ends with noisy flocks of sheep. One on a sunny, dusty lunchtime in Padamaran where Jacob falls in love with the lovely Rachel appearing through the dust. And the second one ends in the darkness of a cool night, the bleating of flocks on Bethlehem Hills, where an angel announces the good news that has come today with great joy for all the people. And like Chloe and Russo said earlier in the kids spot, this great joy is for all people. Jesus came for everyone every single person, you and me. He let nothing hold him back. He came for you and me. And just like those two women who gave everything and they were brave and they were courageous, Jesus wants to take us on a journey, a life adventure with him. Are we courageous to say, yes, I want that? Will we be bold too? He has a destiny for us and a purpose for our lives. And all we have to do is reach out and say, Lord, I wanna know your plan for my life. I want to live it, I want to live it in your power and I want to know you because there's destiny for each one of us. So we thank you, Lord, that you invite us into this adventure. We thank you, Lord, that you have a destiny for us that you're inviting us into. And I just want to encourage you now, why don't you invite the Good Shepherd to be your shepherd and friend? Let's pray together now. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are so it's full of love for us that you did something that seemed so impossible that you laid aside your majesty and came at Christmas as a little baby. You clothed yourself in humanity that one day you would go to the cross to die for us. And Lord, I pray 
that you will help us now that we may know your love and know your peace on our lives. Now, if you have never before experienced the shepherd's love, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me now. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I ask you to forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. I ask, Lord, for a brand new life in you. Come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit. I choose to follow you from this moment. Be my good shepherd. Be my saviour. Forgive me, welcome me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I pray for every person who has prayed that prayer, that you'll come into their life, you'll flood their life with peace and love and joy. I pray, Lord, for every person watching today who's, who's really struggled through the year and that you will come, Lord, with your amazing power and kindness into every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've enjoyed sharing this time with you and the band now are going to sing a beautiful, beautiful song called Oh Holy Night. And the lyrics in this song, it talks about a thrill of hope in a weary world. And it's this weary world that rejoices that Jesus has come. Now, we need a thrill of hope in our weary world right now. And more than ever, we know that Jesus has come with that hope. So why don't you just relax now and open your heart and um, as Zoe and the band bring this song, just welcome Jesus into your heart and to your life. Have a lovely Christmas.